What keeps you up at night is brought to you by Plastics News, the essential news source for the plastics industry. Did you know the Plastics News data store has dozens of rankings and lists to help drive your market intelligence? The Plastics News data store has information your business needs. Find out more at plasticsnews.com data lists. I'm Brennan Lafferty, publisher of Plastics News. This is What Keeps You Up at Night. My guest this week, Tammy Barris, president of West Tech Plastics in Livermore, California. 2020 has been a year of expansion for West Tech. Barris talks about the addition of two collaborative robots and six new injection molding machines. West Tech's deep roots with customers in pharma, biotech, and medical devices are driving the investment. Barris sees positive signs for 2021, too, after talks with customers interested in reshoring for consumer and household goods. It's June 10th. What Keeps You Up at Night begins now. Tammy Barris joins me from Livermore, California in the Bay Area. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Brennan. I'm really excited to be part of the What Keeps You Up at Night podcast. Well, thanks so much. So let's dive right in. California uh, has had some of the most restrictive stay-at-home orders in the country, and I'm curious to know if those have been a particular issue for West Tech, and if they have been, how have you guys dealt with those? I wouldn't say the shelter-in-place itself has been a huge issue for us. Um, but it certainly presented a steep learning curve. Um, as you know, our county issued the order on March 16th, which is a week earlier than the rest of California mm. and a few weeks earlier than the rest of the United States. So Westec had to really determine how to best keep our employees healthy, employed, and working so we could continue to meet our customer needs. Our team, we worked swiftly to add in new workstations to allow for social distancing. We had to rearrange the break rooms to allow for extra space. We added extra sanitation protocols and hand sanitizing stations. We sent some people home to work from home to allow for more social distancing there. And we issued countless bulletins. I'm sure everybody felt like we were plastering the walls with all the new guidelines that had to be put out. I had a meeting not too far along in a few weeks in with every West Tech team member in small groups of three to five. To explain our plans and ensure our team was comfortable and understood the importance of following these guidelines. I have even walked around the shifts with a bottle of hand sanitizer, giving everyone a squirt and reminding them to keep their hands and station clean. All in all, we've, we've dealt with it and, and I feel pretty comfortable we have the protocols under control and, and understand the importance of keeping everybody as healthy as possible. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. I'm curious, the uh, the folks who were working from home or who were shifted to work from home, were they specific departments or were you kind of uh, bringing people in in phases? Like, you know, this half of this group starts this week and then the second part of that group comes in the next week. How did that work? Uh, we sent home 
customer service because it was easy to translate that over to just work from home status. And, uh, quality director got to go home, sales went home. Mm. Anybody that does a majority of their work on the computer was able to work from home. We split out some shifts, so shipping receiving, we split up their start times. Their day was longer, so some started earlier and some, some started later. So there was a little bit of overlap in between, but not so many people at one time. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we've certainly found in our experience with our company, yeah, there are plenty of jobs that are phone-based and on the computer, as you say, that can easily be done from home or more easily than, of course, you know, making product on the shop floor. Yeah, hard to send home an operator, that's for sure. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> right. So West Tech serves several end markets, including medical device, biotech, pharma, I'm wondering, since healthcare and everything, you know, hospital-related has been so front and center for all of us in the last several months, have these been your leading markets so far in 2020? They definitely have been our leading markets. It actually kind of feels like we've been planning for this for quite a while. We've been really focused over the last several years of growing our medical side of the business. We reached for ISO 13485 in 2018 and became certified with that. Uh, Last year, we extended our Class 8 clean room by adding additional machines. We put in a Class 7 clean room, which allows us to work on more medical device products. So we've really kind of been going this route all along before COVID started. Many of our companies that we work with are currently working on some sort of COVID-19 cure or analysis or something to do with the virus itself. So our biotech customers have definitely been in overdrive. Uh, We've been experiencing a significant ramp in their business to support their rapidly growing needs. Well, that sounds really positive uh, for, for West Tech. You know, I've talked to many different executives in the last three months for the podcast some of them are in other markets like automotive. And, you know, as we all know, that's really down this year, m- much more so than was expected. But I am curious about other markets. Uh, are there other markets that West Tech's involved in that show positive signs for this year? Or I know many businesses are already looking towards 2021. Uh, still a little too early to tell, I think, for 2020, as things are so uncertain. Um, We have quite a few consumer products that we make in-house as well, and their sales have been just a bit slower than normal. But for 2021, I would expect a lot of changes. We've already been contacted by several businesses that want to move their manufacturing back to the U.S. So in addition to the medical markets we've been focused on, I predict that the consumer and household markets will increase because I believe the made in the U.S. will be more important and will be a large driving force for a change in 2021. And, you know, I also think the pandemic has kind of refocused people and what is really important in their lives, family, friends, and being at home. While we need to get the economy going, I still think that eating at home, having friends over instead of going out, or even making your own espresso at home will continue to be the new normal for the next few years. I think this will drive the consumer side of our business because everybody will want to improve that stay-at-home experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're used to being pampered when we go out. Maybe we'll be doing a little bit more pampering of ourselves in the comfort of our own homes. Exactly. 
So I know you came into 2020 with expansion plans for some of the West Tech facilities. Can you tell us uh, which of those plans have happened or which of those plans might still happen in 2020? It's been a crazy year. It's been very challenging on many different levels, but our expansion plans have not changed. They've actually gotten larger. (laughs) We've brought in two new cobots so far this year, which are collaborative robots who are assisting with secondary operations. We've been using them for pad printing, hot stamping, and gate trimming. Anything that we can replace, easily replace an operator so that operator can go and work on on other positions. Um, We've recently acquired an additional 9,200 square feet of building. So we were able to build another wall in the building that we're in to to get that extra space. And we're currently in the process of redesigning our entire production floor to best utilize this new area, as well as allow room for new machines. We're looking at bringing in three new two-shot injection molding machines and an additional three single-shot machines in the next two to three months. So we've got quite a lot going on right now. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Wow, that's uh, wonderful to hear. I'm, I'm hopeful there are more and more companies out there like West Tech that are continuing uh, to invest in yourselves because that only uh, you know drives your business naturally, but also the, the greater plastics industry as well. Exactly. We feel very, very blessed that we're in this position right now today. For sure. I know a lot of others are struggling. Yeah. Well, can you talk about um, the growth of West Tech in recent years? And when you do talk about it, can you also discuss maybe what challenges come with that growth, managing that growth? And as the president, how do you manage growth like that? So, yeah, West Tech has grown quite a bit in recent years. We've more than doubled our sales in the last eight years. We've increased our molding machine count from 12 machines to 20. And that doesn't even include the new new machines we'll be bringing in later this year. We've also increased our management staff to help support this growth. We've added a quality director in addition to the quality manager that we had, as well as an engineering manager. However, I feel the biggest challenge with growth is change. And change is always hard. In order to meet our new customer requirements, we've had to set higher expectations for our current team. And being that the majority of West Texas employees are all long-term employees, um, they're used to doing things a certain way. But we've had to change in order to to do this growth. Um, We've had to improve our efficiencies, learn to document everything. That's so important with medical industry. And we've brought in new technologies, um, laser engraving, vibration welding, and we're working on bringing in two-shot molding as well. So our team has stepped up, and we've been able to do this um, and have continued to grow. And for me, I think the best way to manage growth is by taking it one step at a time, not implementing too much too fast. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to monitor the bandwidth of your team to ensure that your plan is doable and achievable. Otherwise, you're going to fail. It just has to be possible. Yeah, I think we've all become uh, experts at uh, managing change in the last three or four months. I was even reading uh, an article in the paper yesterday about telemedicine and how some companies have were planning, uh, medical companies were planning on uh, bringing in telemedicine in the next three years, and they've done it in the last three months. So, Right. <laughs> I was just wondering, I've spoken to probably four female executives in the last 11 weeks for the podcast. Uh, 
And I know we have lots of female readers at Plastics News and listeners to the podcast. I'm wondering, as a person in your position, uh, do you have any advice for women who someday want to lead a large team or a company like you do? It's advice, but not particularly just for women. I think it applies to everyone. You have to have a strong team around you and behind you. Mm -hmm. You have to have the support coming from the upper management team and from all of your, your team all the way down to the operators that are that are running the machines. Uh, I feel it's important to hire people that are smarter than you. Uh, I like to challenge myself and uh, make sure that the people I hire know more than I do. Um, I don't want to be surrounded with yes people. I want people that voice their opinion and can tell me why things should happen one way or the other. And although sometimes it is easier, I can't do it all. So I've had to learn to delegate and I know how important that is to succeed. So bottom line is you just have to build a strong, multi-talented team around you with trust, respect, and teamwork to be successful. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we, as, as you so aptly put it, you, it's sometimes easier to do it yourself, whatever the task might be. But if you start taking up that philosophy, you'll never move as fast as you need to and you'll be yeah. wasting resources. Exactly. Yeah. So I understand a, a mutual friend of ours tells me that you have a uh, unique piece of history that sits in your conference room. Can you share with our listeners what that is? Yes. In 1969, when West Tech Plastics was founded, our founder, Paul Beery, went to Gilroy, California, which is about two hours from here, and picked up a 1957 Van Dorn injection molding machine out of a barn that was being used by a farmer to make cow ear tags. <laughs> and this was our very first machine for West Tech Plastics. We started as a tool maker, and um, as many do, moved into the injection molding production side of things. Mm. Uh, so he went with his father-in-law's pickup truck, picked up the truck from the field, and brought it to West Tech, and that's where it started. And so now we have machine number one, proudly located in our conference room um, and out on the production floor. Our first machine on the floor is number two because machine number one is in the conference room. <laughs> That's great. Is uh, machine number one still uh, producing those cow ear tags every day? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, it, we ran it for over 10 years before retiring it in 1979, yeah. um, but it's been preserved and actually Van Dorn asked us for it um, for their museum at one point but uh we said no thank you it looks great in our conference room that's great yeah too too important a piece of history to part with it is for us yeah it's very it's good to remember where you come from yeah well tammy my last question for you is one uh, you can anticipate with this podcast and that is simply uh, tammy what keeps you up at night well, if you ask my husband, he'd say not much because I'm a good sleeper. But um, often I am up at night when there are difficult decisions that need to be made. To me, the most important part of West Tech is the people that work here. And every decision I make, regardless of how big or small it is, directly affects the people who work at West Tech. Their livelihood, their family's well-being, and their job satisfaction can be changed by a decision that I make. So sometimes laying in bed in the middle of the night, thinking through the pros and cons of different options 
is the best time to kind of get in the quiet and make those decisions that work best for everybody, for West Tech and for all of its employees. That sounds very wise. Yeah, it's often in those quiet moments uh, when we're away from the job where sometimes a solution pops in your head that uh, may not have if you just would have kept grinding that day. Exactly. Most of the time for me, it comes when I'm like half asleep and then I wake up and realize, wait, that's what we should do. <laughs> uh, well, Tammy, thanks yeah. so much for joining me today. Uh, my best to you, continued success at West Tech and uh, continued health to your team out there. Thanks, Brendan. I really appreciate the time. Thanks. My thanks to Tammy Barris, president of West Tech Plastics. To find out more about her company, visit westtechplastics.com. Web producer Aaron Sloan helps produce this podcast. Hattie Shaheda designed our graphics for the website and social media. Andrew Lafferty and Zeke Lafferty recorded our sponsor messages. Grace Lafferty edited our audio. Thank you for listening. What Keeps You Up at Night is brought to you by Plastics News. For more podcasts like this, visit plasticsnews.com slash audio. I'm Brennan Lafferty, publisher of Plastics News. So many of us these days are working from home and we are surrounded by our loved ones. In that spirit, Here's my son, Zeke Lafferty, with our closing sponsorship message. What Keeps You Up at Night is brought to you by Plastics News, the essential news source for the plastics industry. Sign up today for a paid subscription to Plastics News. Options include print, digital, or group subscriptions tailored. For your business needs, find out more at Plastics news.com slash subscribe.